Well, good morning, Grace Chapel. Good to be with you all. Glad you are here with us. And I'm especially excited to have my friend and fellow pastor, the Reverend Bruce Wall, with us this morning. Pastor Bruce is the senior pastor of Global Ministries Christian Church in Dorchester. And he and the church have been a longtime partner of Grace Chapel, over 20 years now, uh, been uh, partnering together to serve God in the city. And so we're grateful to have him here. Now, Pastor, yes, we can welcome him. You have obviously heard Pastor Bruce preach before. So, uh, unfortunately, I do not always get to hear him because typically Pastor Bruce is here when I'm away. So this time around, I said, I want to be here when Pastor Bruce is here, in part so I can hear him speak, but also so that we can partner together in, in the service, and that's what we plan to do. So um, in just a few minutes, Pastor Bruce will bring our message for the morning, but, uh, and then we'll serve communion together. But I uh, would like to invite him into a little conversation that he and I might have for a few minutes about some of the things that are facing the church and the nation right now. Um, I have asked Pastor Bruce to speak into our, our theme of community, of coming together, but to speak to it from the perspective of an urban church located in a primarily African-American community. So he'll be touching on some of those things in the message, but thought we might get a jump start on a few of them here. Uh, Pastor Bruce, you and I are both on the steering team of the Greater Things for Greater Boston Church Network. We're trying to build relationships among thriving missional churches in and around the city to come together for prayer and relationship building and mission in the city. So why do you believe that these urban-suburban partnerships are so important and why are they so hard? One, we're trying to reach people for Jesus Christ. Uh, you're doing it in suburbs worldwide. We're doing it from the city. And if something were to happen in the suburbs or in, in the city, if we have built a strong relationship, if we're learning how to understand each other, we can stand together and bring peace and healing mm -hmm. to very difficult situations. Okay, right, right. But you, to your point, you can't really do that if you have no relationship beforehand. Right. And, and, the, and, and the greater things we're going to Boston is a group of men and women from diverse uh, racial ethnic backgrounds coming together, learning each other, and trying to figure out how we can minister more effectively together. Right, together. Great, great. Well, thank you for your leadership there. It's been, been a big help on that. Um, along those lines, the events and the, the unrest in Ferguson, Missouri yeah. is still very much in the news today. Yeah. It's still much, very much a part of our national conversation. Yeah. Just briefly, help us understand, what, what does the white community need to understand about what's happening there, and how can churches stand together in moments like this? I think we all need to push back and be very careful how we evaluate and judge a situation. The Ferguson situation is going to take a while to unravel. And if they had a Greater Things for Greater Ferguson committee already working there, it could have helped to bring people together to sit and try to understand each other's perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it uh, doesn't seem like that happened quite as much as... We would like to see that happen. Thank you. For a long time, uh, Pastor Bruce, you've been concerned about and very engaged with the issue of violence and youth violence in particular in the city of Boston. Um, recently, you took a trip to Chicago, mm -hmm. which unfortunately has become the murder capital of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us what you, why you went and what you learned there in Chicago. Uh, going to Chicago for me was... If you go to a place where it's, it's the worst in the country, 
it means that they are working even harder to try to solve it versus a place where it doesn't happen, happen as often, so they're not engaged. Mm -hmm. And when we went there, we found a church in Lawndale, Illinois, where the city sold them a fire station, and that fire station has now become a church okay. where the young people from Lawndale are coming from the streets and being mentored and are coming to Christ and the work is impacting that part of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so we have now developed a partnership with the Longdale community, with Boston, and we're going to work on this partnership Terrific. so that we can learn from each other. Right. And, and the only way those things happen is when there's face-to-face -face relationships right. built of trust and all that takes time. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, yeah. a lot of time and energy. So thank you for leading the way on that. Uh, I know you've also been actively engaged. Pastor Bruce has been for years building relationships with the mayor's office, with the police department, with the Boston Public School District, and uh, local leadership in order to see change come out in the city. And uh, we're grateful for all the energy you bring to that in addition to pastoring a church. So just real quick, give us an update on Global Ministries Christian Church and I know the radio ministry that's becoming an increasingly important part of your ministry. We are growing as it relates to the whole discipleship focus of our church and the staff is coming together and that's really important. The other unique thing is that the Federal Communications Commission is about three months away from granting our church a fully licensed FM radio station. Right, and so we're excited about that. That's good news. That's good news. And do, do I remember hearing that this would be one of, or not, if not the only minority-owned African-American stations in the city? Is that right? It, it would be the only in the city. The only one. That's, that's about time. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for your leadership there as well. Uh, you have with us your associate, uh, Pastor Maurice Greaves. Uh, Pastor Maurice, good to have you here as well. In just a moment, I'm going to pray uh, with and for Pastor Bruce and the church. But before I do that, just want to bring you up to date on another item of news that I think is important to the broader Christian community here in greater Boston, New England. And that is the passing away this week of Reverend David Midwood. Uh, some of you might know David. David has been a longtime uh, church leader here in our area. For many years, senior pastor of a thriving church in Haverhill, Massachusetts, I think 25 years then many years with Vision New England, including serving as president of Vision New England. And then most recently, he's been one of the campus pastors at Free Christian Church in Andover. And uh, Dave was struck with a very aggressive cancer last spring and uh, went home to be with the Lord just this past week. So it's a great loss to the Christian community here. Uh, Dave had, David had a great heart for the church, for local church leaders, for the gospel, for Boston, for, for New England. Uh, he was a great encouragement to me when I first arrived here and uh, has been a support to our church as well. So we will miss him. We want to pray for his family and, uh, and honor his, his legacy as well. So can you stand? Can we stand together as we pray? Lord, we are grateful to be together this morning, to be standing as one community of faith, united by our common commitment to Jesus Christ as one church in a variety of locations, but more importantly, one church with all of your churches across greater Boston today and, and even around the world. Thank you for Pastor Bruce's presence here this morning for a long-term relationship that we've enjoyed, the good work that's been done, the deep relationships that have been formed, the impact for the kingdom as a result of that partnership for these many years. Thank you for his faithful, courageous, persistent, anointed ministry in the city and across the city. Pray that you might continue to grant him strength, 
vision, energy, wisdom, presence, that he might serve his congregation, uh, those he serves by way of radio, and the larger work of God here in our city. Lord, we are reminded as well today of the, the life and legacy of David Midwood. We thank you again for all that he stood for, all that he gave his life to. We know that in many ways, much of the unity and vitality that the church, the Christian community is enjoying here in greater Boston is in part uh, a fruit of his labor and love, his ministry and prayers over many, many years. So we pray, Lord, that you might comfort his wife and his children, his extended family and the congregations that he served. And pray as well, Lord, that we might be inspired by his love and commitment to carry on this good work of seeing the kingdom of God increase in and across the city and around the world. So we're grateful that you brought us together this morning, thankful that we have an opportunity to, to be a part of what you're doing, to be in relationship with one another and your people. May your spirit rest on Pastor Bruce as he brings us this message and then as we gather together around the communion table. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. amen. You may be seated. Pastor Bruce. Thank you. As I said earlier this morning uh, to Pastor Brian, I want to thank him for the opportunity of being able to be before you, uh, to be at Grace Chapel for yet another time. I also want to thank him for the last two weeks of intense emails and communications that have come back and forth in preparation for our time together. And I want to thank all of you for the continued partnership and relationship that you have had with myself, my wife Karen, and the Global Ministries Christian Church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I want to thank the Lord for 31 years of a relationship with Grace Chapel, which has allowed me as an urban pastor to come out to the suburbs to see how y'all do it <laughs> and see the amazing church growth over the years I've been associated with you. In 1983, our urban and suburban relationship was cemented when we made a decision that we wanted to stand against crime in Boston. And so a couple of the members of my church came with me, walked with me to Dudley Station area in Roxbury, and from out of nowhere, I didn't know they were all coming, here comes Grace Chapel into, into Roxbury standing with us. And we started with 35 people praying in a circle in Roxbury, and we walked from Roxbury to Dorchester under threat of the drug dealers wanting to do us bodily harm. By the time we arrived at our destination, um, about 15, 20 minutes later, we had 500 people who showed up to stand against violence. In 1983, we finally realized that the kingdom of God was bigger than any urban ministry, and the kingdom of God was bigger than any suburban ministry. Somehow, we had to learn to come together and learn how to be one body. I love John chapter 17, verses 20 through 22, because Jesus prays, verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, verse 21, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you 
are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. How will the world truly believe that we know the Father, that we have a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ, if we demonstrate that we are one? Verse number 22, I have given them the glory that you have gave to me, that they may be one as we are one. In 1995, the black churches in Tennessee were burning to the ground. And again, Grace Chapel and Global Ministries, we came together and we spent some time learning about each other before we traveled. And we traveled to Tennessee three separate times. We boarded planes, went to Tennessee, and we helped to rebuild the churches in the South. Amen. Thank God for partnership and relationship and making a difference. Today, Ferguson, Missouri is a racially divided town. This division has become a national and an international story as a governor, a police commissioner, residents in the white and black communities wrestle with finding the truth as to why a young man was shot in their town. I am praying about traveling to Ferguson in just a few weeks to find members of the body of Christ in both the black and white churches and to pray with them. I said I'm planning to go in a few weeks. That really means I need to talk to my wife before I plan to go. (laughs) So we want to talk to some of the men and women who have been traumatized and injured and seek reconciliation. We need to be in community as the church of Jesus Christ, and we need to be in community as the local church. We can't wait for a national or local crisis for us to try to figure out how to be one in the body of Christ. That's why Greater Things for Greater Boston is important, because we didn't come together because of a crisis. We came together because we wanted to build a relationship, and we're ready. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. We need to be working on our relationships and asking the tough questions now. As with any church, with growth will come the need to call the members to be in community, but not just be in community. Can we stay in community? With a sense of coming together, uh, if the, the body does not come together, the sheep could scatter and not be challenged to grow in all aspects of their faith. So our mission at the Global Ministries Christian Church is that we are to reach the lost for Christ. Say amen to that one. And we want to create a Christian community where believers can heal, where they can mature, and where they can walk as whole men and women. If we are not in community with each other, We will not all be focused on the mission of the church. Years ago, we had a few people visit Global Ministries Christian Church. And one of the things that I try to do is to, I want to see our church grow with conversion growth, not necessarily people transferring from other churches. So when these uh, members of uh, other churches came to our church, I tried to hold them off for three years. No, don't join us. Are you sure you really want to be a part of us? And they visited for the three years, and then finally one joined and became a member. Both of these individuals stated that they attended their former church once or twice a month. The bottom line, in their former church, they were not in fellowship, 
They were not in community with the church members, and they did not have accountability for their lives. They, in essence, came and went as they pleased. Now, I know we don't have anybody at Grace Chapel who does such a thing. <laughs> in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it reads, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The verse is saying that we need to meet together, we need to stay together, and we need to grow together. And with that, the church said, Amen. <laughs> so this morning, I, I wanted to look at the New Testament church and study how they came together, and let this become a motto for the 21st century local church. Bill Hybels, the senior pastor of Willow Creek, stated, quote, the local church is the hope of the world, he said, and its future rests primarily in the hands of the leaders. The local church fellowship is only as strong and vibrant as those who fellowship and worship in the church. We are the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And if we are not growing in our faith, we weaken the potential that we have as a local church. So this morning, we do not have time for me to make as strong a case as I could for us to be in fellowship. I need two hours of urban preaching to present my case. <laughs> so... Let's address some of the reasons why some people are fearful of joining the local church and being in fellowship. First, let's look at the first century church fellowship in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So if you have your Bibles, if you turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, I want to read some verses for you. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, and again, this is over 3,000 people now who have come to know Jesus Christ, over 3,000. The Bible says they devoted. So if you have your Bible, you underline this word, devoted. If it's a church Bible, don't write in it. <laughs> it says in verse number 1 of chapter 42, they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching. Uh, as preachers, we are to teach, not entertain. We are to teach, not make people feel good. We are to teach. It says the apostles' teaching. And it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. To the breaking of bread, number four, it says that they broke bread and they prayed. So they devoted themselves to the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. As a result of these uh, five specific aspects of church, this is what happened. Verse 43, I love this. I'm underlining it because it's my Bible. <laughs> the Bible says that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Pastor Brian and I and others do not want our church services to become stale. We want it to be new every time you come in. We want you to be refreshed every time you, you come into the house of God and you worship. And last Sunday while I was preaching at Global Ministries, I could see and I could feel a powerful anointing of God come over the entire congregation. I know it was an anointing. I know it wasn't the fact that I had them for two hours and they were ready to go. <laughs> when I knew that God was moving by His Spirit 
in filling the sanctuary with his presence, I was led to give an altar call, and guess what? I was the first one to get in the line. I wanted one of the preachers to lay hands on me and pray for me because I was seeking after God. Although I was a preacher delivering the word, I was seeking after God. And when the church is doing what it's created to do, it's filled with awe at the many wonders and signs, and people are attracted to the movement of God. Amen. It's the power of God moving in this church this morning. Yes. Verse 44 says, all the believers, not some now, 44, all the believers, what? They were together, and they had everything in common. We need to be together. The body met the needs of the body in the first century church. The government was not meeting the needs of the body. We should minister and care for each other. The 21st century church has become too dependent upon the government to pay the church to do ministry. Let's get back to tithing and giving sacrificial offerings to meet the needs of the local body. <laughs> now, this is what God promises if, 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 we, if we give, if we tithe, if we give offerings, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. This is my verse for today. I'm taking this one home. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open, not just open, but throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Open the floodgates of heaven and pour God all over Grace Chapel so that they will say, wow, let's look at the power of God moving in our midst. In verse number 46, the word says, every day they continue to meet together. Everyone look at verse 46. So in verse 46, again, the key word is what? I heard it over here. Every day, every day. So you don't want to say it. every day. The word says every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What amazes me is that there are some churches that only want to meet once a week for one hour, and that's supposed to be the only time that the body comes together. We must spend time with each other. We must be in community, and we need to grow together in small groups, in worship services, in service groups, in missions trips. Isn't it amazing that groups like NA, AA, SA, all the A groups, and other support groups, they meet every day like the New Testament church, because that's how they grow with each other and address their issues. We should be in community. That's the point. Amen to that. Amen. So with the time that I have remaining, let me give you some reasons why Christians run away from or are afraid to be in community. If this is you, I bind that spirit that is keeping you 
from consistently fellowshipping with the body of believers. Amen to that. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it reads, For God has not given us a spirit of what? I'm going to say it again. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what? And, and, I reject the fear when it comes on me because I know it's a spirit. It doesn't come from God. I reject it. And I say, God has not given us a spirit of fear. The Word says, but it says, but of power and love and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. And the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you're afraid of letting people get to know you, I want to remind you that you have nothing to fear. When you really get to know me, I'm a good guy. <laughs> and I love John 3:16. For God, God loves us so much. For God so loved the world that he that shall not. Okay, we need to get our rhythm classes going here. <laughs> God loves you so much that he gave his son for you. So even if I'm rejected by somebody, the love of God constrains me to keep standing and believing that God's at work in my life. Amen. There are some Christians who want to just attend services, get their praise on, hear the teaching of the Word, and then leave the sanctuary hall because before anybody can greet them or ask them any questions. So I'm going to watch after service. <laughs> I'm going to watch. Who are the people that are going to break it to the back door to get out of here? We're going to watch you. Now, now they're all going to stay for the rest. <laughs> they just, without, they don't want anyone asking them any questions. So number one, I want to give you some more reasons. Um, uh, some reasons why people do not want to be in fellowship and in community. One, they may be ashamed of something in their past. Two, they may have just gone through an embarrassing experience and you want to stay locked up in your room or in your house. It's time to come out. Number three, you may be struggling in some areas of your life and you cannot share it with anyone. Four, all of your life, you have been rejected, and if the church really gets to know you, they will also reject you. Five, you may be homeless, but you look like a million dollars. Six, you may have been hurt in another church by the leaders. Seven, you hate crowds, and Grace Chapel is a big church. <laughs> Whatever the fear anxiety or the pain or suspicion. God wants to change your life and give you a mission and a purpose. You are here this morning. The reason why you're here this morning is that God wants you to hear a message that will set you free. Amen and glory to God.
Do not let whatever happened in another church or in another community block you from experiencing everything, not just a little. I want to experience everything that God has for my life, everything that God has for you in this church family. When you become new in Christ, God changes you. So even if you have a past that you don't want to talk about, when, when 2 Corinthians 5.17, when anyone is joined together in Christ, what happens? They become a new, crea new creation, a new creature, a new creation. Amen. It says the old is gone. Everybody say it's gone. It's, it's gone. And you're living in the new life in Christ. Amen? Amen. So this morning as I get ready to, to, to wind it down, is not only do, are you new in Christ, but God has given you a ministry of reconciliation with the message of reconciliation. If you're not in community, if you're not in fellowship, if you're not growing and maturing, you're not going to want to reach lost people for Jesus Christ, and that's our ultimate mission. In conclusion, I want to challenge the church to do the following. Number one, I want to challenge the church to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Worship together, be in fellowship. Number two, to not be fearful of being known. Fear is a spirit that does not come from God. Three, do not be overwhelmed or intimidated because someone knows your story. If there's one thing that I do well and maybe do, too, do it too often is that I share with our congregation what's happening in my life so that they don't have to hear it outside of the church. They'll hear it from their pastor. And by doing that, I want to set an example for the body to share with each other. Number four and last, we should be assured that in Christ and in the church, there is forgiveness. I don't know who needs to hear that one, but there is forgiveness. And when we consistently come together in community, this is what God does in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. I love this. The last text I'm going to read, the verse I'm going to read, Acts 2, verse 47. It says they were praising God. Let me hear you praise God. praising God and enjoying the favor, favor of all people. And this is what happens when we're in community, when we come together and we stay together and we work together. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God's going to do that here. He's going to keep doing it here. He's going to keep doing it here because we're going to be in community by coming together and growing Let's pray. For anybody this morning, oh God, who came into this place, they came into this sanctuary, they came into the fellowship hall, they came uh, to this church seeking after you, God. I pray that through the praise and the word and communion and all that we are going to do that we will hear from you clearly that we will change and that the body will grow God I pray for people who are fearful of being in community and being in fellowship and having their stories known Father help us 
to trust you more than we cling on to our insecurities and our fears and help us to be the people of God that you have created us to be. And I pray this prayer and I bind the enemy from attacking anyone this morning in Jesus' precious name. And the body said, Amen. 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 God bless you.